Sims has got the Niners. Sims has got the Titans. Sims has got the Cowboys. So there we go. You I hope yourself in the third person. Yeah, you know that's cool. It's a cool thing to do right now. That's that's what I just did. Yeah, you know, Bo knows Bo. Sims knows Sims. George is getting upset. Oh yeah, baby, we're back. Mr. Big Chest is over there with a button unbuttoned to show his big chest. Thor, oh yeah, open it up, baby. Ooh, yeah, show us some more. Woo, baby. Baby, I like it. Man, Mike Florio, Chris Sims, PFT, PM, Chris Sims unbuttoned. Uh, it's the Picks You podcast. say unbuttoned as I button back up. Yep, button back up, okay. There's no breasts allowed on this show, okay. Um, but uh, let's go right into it. Please, first off, rate, review, uh all of that kind of stuff you do on social media, all right? And um, we got the week 10 picks coming, but unfortunately, we have to review the week 9 come picks. Come on, come on, come so, on. You, here we you're go. trying to stall. Borio, come on, Borio let's go. had a good week. He it's was 9-5 okay. and five straight up. 9-5 and five straight up. I was 6-8 and eight straight up. Damn, it was actually better than I thought, actually. When I looked at it, I was like, I think I did worse than that. 8-6 uh, and six against the spread you were. Six, Boom. six, six, and two versus the spread. I was best bets. You won two out of three. I won one out of three. That really hurt me. The damn 49ers up 14 and let the damn Arizona Cardinals back in the game. Hey, that really pissed me off. You should have listened to me. You should have deferred on the Thursday night game because it's better for business to be able to push the best bets video on Saturday and Sunday when we haven't burned one of them on the Thursday night game. Oh. Otherwise, I would have done the same damn thing, and I would have been one and two. Okay, well, tough titty, says the kitty, but the milk's still good, and I wanted to bet on that fucking game, all right? So well, that's what I thank did. Thank you for doing it, because now we're tied, yep. bitch. All we're right. tied at 15 <laughs> and 9. You just called me a bitch, bitch. All right, now, <laughs> Florio is uh, 81, 53, and 1 straight up for the year. I am 79, 55, and 1 straight up uh, against the spread. Florio has got a... S- a seven game lead. He's 67, 66, and two. I am 60, 66, and nine. Best bets, we are tied at 15, nine. Like I always said, I want to win the straight up and best bets one. I'm putting myself out there against the spread. I don't, I wouldn't bet on a lot of these games, but I do have this beef and I want to include the internet and social media on this. All right. I have, here we go. I have nine, nine pushes or ties. Don't I get the win if I pick a push and it's a push? I mean, I've been picking it exactly. I haven't yet. So where is I? Okay, but I'm still picking the point differential. Exactly. I'm picking the push. You know what that means? So I get the win. Here's what this means. Here's what this means. If you were a gambler and you believe that the favorite who is favored to win by seven is going to win by seven, you're not going to bet on the game. You're not going to go there because then you lose the VIG. You bet the 11 to make the 10. You lose money. You're not going to bet it. So there's not some special prize for pick the margin exactly. That's not the game. I shouldn't get a tie or a a loss, though. You get a push. It's a push. That's what it is. You get a push. I didn't bet, and you're right, and I hit the score differential exactly it shouldn't i know the differential i did if i'm getting the push i, look, I hit again, it exactly I the difference yes it i might don't know not how be the gambling the industry 
Right. I, I don't I don't know much about this. Yeah. I, I'm not aware of a bet where you can go in and the, the home team is favored by seven and you can bet the home team to win by seven. And if they win by seven, you win. I, I maybe maybe there is some way to do that, but that's not what we're doing. We're picking the game straight up. We're picking them against the spread. And if you choose to pick, if you if you're basically going to punt, because that's what you're doing, you're punting. If you're going to pick the the favorite to win by seven, and they win by seven, okay, they, it's a push. That's what it is. If they win by seven, it's a push. It's a push. You, you, well, let's put it that. It right. still should go in the win column for me. That's all I'm saying. No, it should go in the doesn't. win. I picked the differential and score exactly. Pick a side. You know what the spread is, right? I or, or here's what we have to do. All the spreads we use, we have to make it a half point, so you can't play this game. Fine. So you're gonna Maybe have to pick a winner. You gotta pick, to you gotta pick one to one way or the other. Maybe that's Fine what we me. have to do. I don't trust Pete uh, Demolita Lighter Lighter Litus Litus. Anyways, because he can't fucking count, so I don't like him either. All right, here we go. You know, we do have to br- we do have to bring in an accounting firm because remember we we busted him on one of the best yeah, bets a couple of weeks ago. I don't trust ago. the guy. I've been very leery about the counting. I agree. Since then, I don't Pete. trust him either. He's got a young baby at home. He's all frazzled Sleep and deprived. stuff right now. Two young babies. So that tells you he's twice as fucked up as the rest of us. All right. <laughs> so there's issues there. All right. Let's get to it. Let's go. Thursday night football. We got a good one. All right. Chargers favored by one and a half at the Oakland Raiders uh, over under at 48 and a half. And why we're on this too, just real quick. I got to pat myself on the back. I told people to take the over last week in the Seahawks game and the Lions Raiders game. I hit that. Just want to make sure I let everybody hey, know. Hey, if you want to make if you want to make the over under for one of these games your best bet, then do it. I think do we it. should, right? We should, that should be able to. Yeah, you can right. do whatever you can do whatever you want. Yeah. All right, good. I just wanted to say that just because make myself feel better. But okay, we got a good one tonight. I I mean I know we both kind of waffled with which way we were going to go in this game. It's a tough one. It's a very even matchup. They're both fighting for AFC playoff spot. They're just on the outside looking in. Mike, lead us off. What do you think? man well I'm glad to see the Chargers are favored by one and a half and uh, yeah I, I, I'm dreading the possibility that you're going to pick them to win by one and a half <laughs> but I look we talked about this earlier on PFT live I was leaning Raiders and and I look at it this way the Chargers are going to win this game easily or it's going to be a close game the Raiders win there's a lot of emotion that factors into this one it's the last time the Raiders and Chargers get together in Oakland it's the one of the last games there's only four remaining for the Raiders in Oakland. And I think it will be a close game. And we know how the Chargers are this year in close games. They aren't getting it done in close games for the most part. I mean, they, they beat the Bears in a close game thanks to a missed field goal. I like the Raiders in this one. It's a one-score game. I'll go Raiders 24-17, although it doesn't matter since the Chargers are favored. I like the Raiders with the spread. I like the Raiders straight up. 24-17 is the score I'm picking. Oakland wins tonight. Okay. Um... All right. I mean, you you hit a lot of it. I think this is what I look at a little bit here. You know, the Chargers, yeah, uh, not a great offensive line, but the Raiders, not great at rushing the passers. So I think that's kind of like advantage Chargers there. Raiders pass defense, not very good. I go kind of, of course, advantage Chargers there. You flip it around to the other side of the ball. I like what the the Chargers, you know, with a healthy Melvin Ingram back. And, you know, where are we at with Brandon Meebane and them, Mike? Do we know exactly? I know they were getting close, but is there anything as far as like Brandon Meebane and Justin Jones, two of their defensive tackles that they like to play a lot? But my I don't know. Keep talking. I will. I will. But my point, uh, nonetheless, is that the Chargers defense is good. 
And I do think they can pose some problems for the Raiders on the offensive side of the ball, and especially with no Trent Brown in the lineup tonight at right tackle. That scares me there too. And I just think for those reasons, I'm going to pick the Chargers to win 19 and a half to 18. No, no, I mean 21-17. He didn't even hear me because he's looking it up. Uh, <laughs> um, and he still didn't hear me. I didn't hear what you said. Yeah, What'd you say? You what are you Go talking about? Said, I'm trying to you, you gave me an assignment on the fly, and I'm I said I'm the Chargers to are gonna win 19 and a half to 18. But oh, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Funny. But um, Go ahead. Go with that. Yeah. I'm going Chargers 21-17. And I won't lie. I won't lie. When you made the point at the end of PFT today where you're like, if, if it's a close game, the Chargers will find a way to screw it up. You made me like rethink myself because you're right. It seems more times than not when it's a close game, the Chargers will find a way to fuck it up. Um, but I don't know why I'm going down to Crazyville with the Chargers tonight. I just think they match up pretty good with the Raiders. I think they pull out the win on the road. And to answer your question, Brandon Meebain is questionable with a knee injury, Denzel Perryman knee injury for the Chargers and for the Raiders. Offensive line issues to be concerned about. Trent Brown, yeah. right tackle, questionable with a knee. Center Rodney Harrison, questionable with an ankle. Rodney Harrison coming back at center for this Rodney one, Hudson. Huh? Thank you. <laughs> Rodney Hudson. Rodney yeah. Harrison, Rodney Whoa, Hudson. the Raiders Daniel are in mean. trouble. <laughs> um, all right. All right, that hits that one Thursday night. I think we're both legitimately excited to watch that game tonight, though, nonetheless. Um, 1 p.m., Lions at Bears. Bears, of course, reeling still. Lions lose an exciting game to the Oakland Raiders last week. Bears favored by 2.5, over under at 41.5. How do you see this one playing out there, Florio? You know, because the Bears have lost four in a row now, it's easy to assume that this is just going to continue yeah. and continue and continue. But it's November. It's a dome team coming to Chicago. At some point, the Bears are going to get their act together. They're turning the TVs off. So Mitch Trubisky doesn't have to hear people say how bad he is. At some point, though, they're going to, to, to stumble into a formula that works. And I feel like getting the Lions there. And how many of these close losses can the Lions take before they just crater? I think this is going to be a real challenge for them to be focused. There may be an attitude that they think they're just going to show up and win this one because there's this belief the Bears are so bad. I like the Bears to finally turn it around, maybe find a little identity offensively, maybe work something that Mitchell Trubisky can do, and, and also have the defense step up at home. 23-20, I like the Bears to win this one. Close game. Lions find another way to lose a close game. When you look at the games they've lost and the game they tied, they could have won every one of them. Of course, they also could have lost the two games they won. I mean, they could be winless right now yeah. this far into the season. But I think I think it's time for the Bears to find a way to win. they got a long way to go to pull themselves back into playoff contention. I think they make a step in the right direction, getting a three-point victory, 23-20 over the Lions on Sunday. Yeah, don't think you're crazy there. I, I hear you because you're right. It's easy to fall in that trap with the Bears losing four in a row. You just go, oh, they're going to lose again. No, there's still some things to like about that Bears de team, and that defense is still real. I mean, if they can just assemble some sort of offense just to keep them a little rested, it would go a long way. I really waffled with this one. I thought this was one of the tougher ones to pick as well. Um and I didn't know where to go. I'm going Lions 1917, and I went back and forth. I don't feel comfortable about this pick in any uh, in, in any fashion. I don't. Uh, I guess I'm just looking at Matt Patricia, the issues that they have 
on the offensive side of the ball, the ball for the Bears and that there is no identity, that I'm just going to go Patricia has enough of a beat on the offense to where he can help his defense out, which is, is really not good. I mean, the, the Lions' defense is not good. It's one of the worst in football. Uh, so that does scare me. I mean, it scares me to the fact that we're like, man, maybe the Bears get back on track this week on the offensive side of the ball because of that. But I, I haven't seen enough from that Bears offense still to have confidence to say that. The Lions, yeah, it's the Lions, they have a good old line. They can pass protect a little bit. So I think they can slow down Khalil Mack and, and company there. You know, the run game, it's different without on Johnson, but they do have the ability to at least scare you with the run. And I'm just going to I'm gonna play that Matt Stafford takes them on a game-winning drive late in the game to kick a game-winning field goal. I'm going to go Lions 19-17. I just can't get behind Mitch Trubisky, Matt Nagy, and that offense yet. I got to kind of see it one time to believe it. I'm going Lions 19-17, but like I said, I don't feel overly confident about that at all. Anything else you want to add? No. All right. Let's go to the next one. Ravens, Bengals. Um, Ravens coming off the huge big time win. Are they going to be, you know, reading their press clippings or is it going to be one of those things where it's going to give them the confidence to go, oh no, we're, we're, we're elite. And like, are they going to like take advantage of the momentum and run with it? I think that's interesting. The Bengals, of course, the last winless team in football. Uh, it's at Cincinnati Ravens favored by nine and a half over under 45.5. How much do you think the Ravens win by? Yeah, here's the thing. I really do believe there's a way that this falls that the Bengals surprise the Ravens because the Ravens now, after beating Seattle by 14 and beating the Patriots by 17, the Ravens may start to believe they're better than they are. And the Bengals have had two weeks to get ready for this game. Nobody knows what Ryan Finley's going to do. A.J. Green, who knows if he's going to play or not. On Wednesday, Coach Zach Taylor said he's going to play, and then he didn't practice. So now A.J. Green is back to being day-to-day. I, I think the smarter play is is that the Ravens win. And if they win, I think it's going to be big. This is another one of those games where I just feel like NFL betters aren't comfortable with big point spreads. They aren't comfortable with giving large margins. And I almost feel like there's this conspiracy theory among gamblers that the higher the point spread, it's 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 a it's a trap, right? Yeah. They 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 want you to to think that there's this it's huge almost margin. The opposite. And so you take the underdog because yeah. you, oh, it's a trap to give that many points. No, it's not. And I've been, hey, I tell you what, most of my best bets that have hit this year have have come from you ride the big wave, point spreads right. where I, it's it's not big enough. Right. It needs to be a bigger point spread, and yeah. I feel that way about this game. Even though I envision a possibility for the Bengals to upset the Ravens, I think if the Ravens win, they're going to win by at least 10, if not 14. I got 31-17. Ravens get it done. And I think the Ravens also, this is their opportunity on a second pass through the schedule against the Bengals to right the wrong when they only won by six points at home. Yeah. And I think that's the fact that it was a close game the last time around is all the ammunition that John Harbaugh needs to get the attention of his players and to get them to go in there and prove that they are much more than six points better than the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, I, I, I hear you there too. Uh, you know, the Bengals are not afraid of the Ravens that way. I do think I look at more like the last week's win against the Patriots is going to catapult the Ravens into a little bit more of like, oh, we might have something special here, and I'm going to play that angle. Added to the other aspect, like you said, the A.J. Green thing, I mean, even if he plays, he's not going to be the A.J. Green we expect and know. The other, the other thing is, man – 
if you're a rookie quarterback, the Ravens are one of the teams I would not want to make my first start against. And that's going to be tough. Ryan Finley starting instead of Andy Dalton. He's going to see defenses and players on the field that he's never seen before in his life. He's going to walk in the line of scrimmage and go, whoa, these Baltimore Ravens are fucking big. Holy crap. And he's going to go, whoa, what the hell coverage is this? I mean, if they can confuse Tom Brady a little bit, they certainly are going to be able to confuse Ryan Finley. I think the Ravens are going to win this one. I'm similar to you. You know, 28-17, I almost picked it to be like a 34-17 type of game, but I guess just recent history and the Bengals always keeping it close against the Ravens kind of scared me out of that. But I do think the Ravens uh, dominate this football game and win it nonetheless. Um, Let me add one more thing. Yeah, go ahead. There, there is an urgency here to have these guys focused because after this game comes the Texans, at the Rams, the 49ers, and at the Bills for the Baltimore Ravens. Can't they cannot afford away. to stumble here. Yeah. they got to get this one. This is money in the bank right. because the schedule gets a lot tougher and all the more reason. And again, I'm convinced. All you got to do is go back and show his players the film of winning 23-17. to 17. Sure. And, and that should get the Ravens motivated to focus on this one. Forget about what's coming. Get this win and then move forward. Yep, that's right. I'm, I'm with you there on all those thoughts. Um, Bills-Browns, next one. Uh, I think this is going to be a good game. I'm actually kind of excited to watch this. Even though the Browns are 2-6, and six, I don't care. Uh, I still think this is an interesting matchup. Bills at Cleveland. Browns favored by 2.5, over under 40.5. I had a tough one here, Mike. I thought about a lot of different things here. What'd you, what'd you end up going with? Well, remember last week, we both leaned with the Browns because we didn't want to to roll the dice with Brandon Allen yeah. in his first start. Right. My gut was telling me the Broncos could give them fits because that was one of those games where an immature team with a head coach who isn't prepared and wasn't prepared for the job, it's the kind of game where you don't get your guys ready. You assume you're going to go win, and then you don't. This one's different. They see the Bills coming. The desperation is there. At 2-6, and six, this is it for them. They have to win and win and win some more. <laughs> and I think the Browns, even though I, I don't think they're going to turn it around, and I think they're probably going to lose next Thursday night against the Steelers, and that's going to be the death blow for their season, they defer it by four days. They get a win over the Bills. The Bills are kind of a fraudulent 6-2, and two, and I think Bills fans would admit it. They haven't been great. They haven't been dominant. Yes, they almost beat the Patriots, but their wins have not been against quality opponents, and I could see the Browns winning this one, keeping it simple, adding Kareem Hunt to the mix, and Freddie Kitchens hasn't ruled out the possibility of putting both Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb in the backfield at the same time and uh, really, really kicking the offense in the ass and getting the Browns to their their first home win of the season. They're 0-3 in Cleveland, so I think they get it done on Sunday, even though I still don't have faith in this team over the broader course of the season. Yeah, uh, it's an interesting matchup. It really is. This is another one I kind of waffled back and forth with. Um, you know, the Browns, we know, yeah, their offense is not bad. They're capable of moving the ball. I mean, those are all things we know. They're dangerous on the outside. But I still think a real lot of this Bills defense. I really do. They're really well coached. I think their front four can get after the Browns as far as in the pass protection game. I don't know. I have a hard time thinking that the Browns are going to run the ball real effectively against the Bills defense. Um, 
The other side of the ball, I mean, the Bills can run the ball a little bit too. And if there's a weakness to the Browns defense, it's their run defense, as we saw Philip Lindsay rip off big runs against them last week. I'm falling, I'm putting this one under the category of like, I got to see it to believe it again, a little like the Bears. You know, I, I could totally envision the Browns kind of controlling the football game, but just fucking it up like we've seen them do. I mean, whether, you know, it's turnovers or whatever it may be, they just find ways to screw it up. And a lot of their losses, the Seahawks, the Patriots, the Rams, I mean, the Tennessee Titans, uh, there's just too, too many instances there where I look at that and just go, I can't trust them. I'm going to go with the team, even though I don't have like great belief yet that they're a great team either. Like you said, they've beaten the teams they should beat on their schedule. And the two teams that were 50-50 games against the Patriots and the Eagles, they lost. So that scares me. But I, I do think against these type of teams, they're going to find a way to win. And I'm going to go with the Bills 20-17 to on the road in Cleveland. Wow. Yeah. We're, we're, hey, you know what? Now that I've caught you, this is the week I separate. This is separation Sunday because it sounds like we've already got three disagreements. Yeah, so we, here do. we go. We do. What we, we we have. Yeah, we do. Three out of the first four games. We disagree. What'd you say? Pete? My score for the game. My score for oh, the game yeah. is 24, 20 Cleveland Browns over Buffalo Bills. Okay. All right. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're, this is going to be interesting. You're right. Um, all right. Falcon saints, uh, saints coming off the bye. Oh, no, I'm wrong. Sorry, I'm a game ahead here. Uh, no, I'm right. Falcons at Saints. Sorry, sorry about that. I'm re reading too many things. Here. Are you right or are you wrong? I'm right and I'm right. I'm right and I'm right. Falcons at the Saints. Saints favorite. I don't want you. I, I, I don't want you to disclude any games. No, I'm not. I'm not going to disclude any game. Disclude any games. Falcons at Saints. Saints favored by 13. Coming off the bye week, over under 51. Um, Falcons trying to salvage something here. Dan Quinn coaching for his job. Uh, I don't even know. He might have already lost his job. They might just be letting him finish out the season. How much do you think the Saints win this one by? Well, remember when I said a few minutes ago in the context of the Ravens-Bengals uh, game that sometimes or usually these lines aren't big enough? I think this line's big enough, and this line scares me because I could see in a rivalry game where the Falcons have two weeks to get ready and yeah. the desperation meter is all the way at 10-plus, I could see the Falcons giving the Saints, who've had two weeks to get a little fat, a little happy, a little satisfied, I could see them catching the Saints flat-footed and keeping it close. I still think the Saints win, and I'm going to go 34-17, so I'm also going to pick the cover but I don't feel nearly as strongly about it as I do these other games where the point spread is a little bit higher than it ordinarily would be. I think 13 is too much for this one. You know, and, and I think this is one of those where we assume the Falcons suck, we assume the Saints are great, but do not discount the power of a rivalry where there is true dislike between the players and the organizations. I think the Falcons, for one day, yeah. are going to find a way. You know, the Falcons have two relevant games left this Sunday and then Thanksgiving night against the Saints. That's it. Yeah. And I think they're going to find a way to be better than we expect them to be, better than they've been, and keep it close. And I'm, and I'm still picking 34-17, so I'm, maybe I need to revise my score. Maybe I need to pick the Falcons to cover. It's a big needle to thread. Let, you know what? I'm going to do that. Let me do that. It's 13 and a half. Let me go 
30 to 17 Saints over the Falcons. So I'll take the Falcons to cover, but the Saints to win straight up. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, wait a minute. Wait a minute. The, the spread's 13. Can we call it 13 and a half? Nope. Can we, we can't. Agree? Nope. Chris? Nope. Nope. Just make You're not going to do it? Give the Falcons a field goal. I picked the game Saints to be 30 to 20. I, I mean, I like what you've said so far. It's really why I did it. You're right. Saints. I'll go 31-20 Saints. Okay, 31-20 Saints. Because I can't do the same thing as you. Yep. Uh, I don't want you on my score. I don't want the hex, okay? But, yes, I, I think a lot of the things you said were – were yeah real to me too yeah the, the the Falcons in total desperation mode the Saints you know fat cats they were one of the best teams in football all of that also you know the Saints aren't like you know they're really good offensively don't get me wrong here but they're not the kind of offense that just comes out and just like whoa bing bang boom whoa it's like we're at the start of the second quarter and they got 24 points no they kind of play a style of football where Hey, it was 10 to 6 in the third quarter against the Cardinals. You know, ultimately they won 31 to 9. They kind of wear you down, just like they did in the Bears game. They play through their defense and their run game. And Matt Ryan, you know, I know he's battling the injury, but we expect him to play. And the weapons on the Falcons, I still think, are good enough to where they score some points. And like you said, it's rivalry. There's, you know, common knowledge of what teams like to do in certain situations and things like that. Uh, so I am picking the Saints to win, obviously, but I'm going 30 to 20 in that one. Ready for the uh, the tri-state area showdown, the battle for New York. All right, here we go. Danny Danny Deuce versus uh, versus uh, Johnny Icy Ghosts. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Here we go. Giants Jets. Giants at the Jets. Giants favored by two and a half. 43 and a half over under. Woo! Which team? This one's easy for me. This one's easy for me. You're going Giants I, as a I'm buy. going Giants. The yeah. Giants are the better team. Yep. And the Giants do not have the same degree of overall dysfunction yep. that the Jets currently have. Uh-huh. And, and, you know, the, the, the Jets just feel like they're falling apart and they can't get back on track. The Giants have been competitive. They yes, were competitive they against the Patriots. They were competitive against the Cowboys. The final scores don't suggest it, right. but they were. Right. And and I think the Lions that, and Cardinals know, fi- uh, to add to that. They were competitive yeah. in those games. Yeah, I, I I just I think it's time for the Giants to win. And I don't know if they're gonna go on a run, but this this is one that they should win. This is one that I think they will win. And uh, and and they're going and they're going to stick it in the Jets' faces that for now they've got the better of the two young quarterbacks. That Daniel Jones is going to show more promise and has shown more promise this year than what we've seen from Sam Darnold. Yeah, um, I, I have really a lot of the same thoughts there. Uh, I have more faith in the Giants' offense at this point. You know, the Jets, the Jets do have the ability on the defensive side of the ball to slow down the running attack, but Daniel Jones has been really impressive. And I, you know, Pat Shermer has enough creativity in their offense to where I think they could back the Jets defense off a little bit and get some get some holes for a Saquon Barkley to where they're uh, you know a balanced team that way. The Jets offense, you know, I don't know what they are. I really don't. And um the Giants defense, you know, hasn't been horrible lately. It has not not been as bad as it was early on in the year. Uh so I'm with you. I just think they're a little less dysfunctional. I wouldn't bet on this game as far as like who wins or covering the spread. The over-under at 43.5 is interesting to me uh, because I think points will be scored in this game. 
I'm going Giants 27-24. And when I just saw this over-under at 43-and-a-half, I'm writing a star there because that might be one of my bets of the week. I'm just – I don't know yet, but I'm just saying it might be. that I find that very interesting. Yeah, I got uh, – if I didn't say my score, I got 23-17 Giants over the Jets. So I don't feel as strongly as you do about the over. I do feel strongly that the Giants will win the game. Yep. All right. Next one. It's the Bruce Arians Bowl. Um, Bruce Arians, he is red. He coaches for a red team, and he used to coach a red team. And if you look at him in any press conference, he's red in general. Um, so the Cardinals at the Bucks. Bucks favored by four and a half, over under 52. What say you, Florio? Yeah, you know, the Buccaneers haven't had a home game, a true home game in seven weeks. The Buccaneers have had games recently that they should have won. They should be three games better than they currently are. Bruce Arians has never had a four-game losing streak as a head coach. He'd never had a three-game losing streak as a head coach. I think there's going to be some animosity there toward the Cardinals. Even though he retired a couple of years ago, I think it was more mutual than the retirement would suggest. And, and, and also remember when he went to coach the Buccaneers, the Cardinals showed up and said, hey, we want compensation. He's still under contract for us. And I think that's something that probably sticks in his craw as well because from his perspective, they weren't all that upset with him walking away. I like the Buccaneers to win this one. I love their pass offense. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, you can take one away. When you take one away, the other one has a gigantic day. That's the way it's ping-ponged all year long. Evans has been spectacular. Jameis Winston, well, who knows about next year, but this is a great opportunity for Winston, Arians, the passing game, the defense to do just enough against Kyler Murray. I like it 26-17, Buccaneers over the Cardinals. Even though the Buccaneers, I think, are too far removed from, especially in the NFC, putting something together that would put them in playoff contention, they get to 3-6. Three 3-6 and, six. Three and six better reflects what kind of a team they are than 2-7 and seven would. Yes, it would. Um, it is an interesting game. I mean, neither defense is very good. Uh, the Bucks. let me say this, they can really stop the run. They got some big fuckers up front. So they're good in that department. But the Cardinals are not a team that's looking to beat you with the run in general. They just want to run it enough so Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury can throw it around the lot. Uh, yeah, the other side of that is like, yeah, you're, I mean, Jameis Winston, he's played well. You know, I know he had the little bit of the debacle in, in uh, London against the Carolina Panthers, and not all those turnovers were his fault. But, man, he's had some some really good moments here where I've gone like, damn, okay. I mean, last week, hey, he, he played awesome football. There's, there's no denying that. Uh, the Tennessee Titans game the week before was not bad either. He played well there. Um, I'm going with the Bucks at home too, a little bit just because I don't trust the Cardinals' defense. And you said it, the Bucks are aggressive. You know, they can protect the passer. Uh, he's going to push the ball down the field. Bruce Aarons will have a little bit of extra motivation to shove it in his uh, old team's face that way. And I'm just going to go with them because they are at home. Uh, I'm going Bucks 34 to 31, even though this is dangerous too. I, I really went that way because of the Bruce Arians factor. And I thought, man, Kyler Murray – against Shaquille Barrett and JPP and all that. I don't know if he's going to be able to run around a whole lot and make plays either in the passing game. And that's why I just give the Bucks the the semi-advantage there. What was your score in your game? What did you have there? 26-17. So I have the Bucks straight up and covering. You have the Bucks straight up, but the Cardinals 
covering the spread like they did last Thursday night when they disrupted your best bet of the week. Yes, they did. Thank you for bringing that up. Okay, now, Chiefs at Titans. Mahomes is back. My homie, my homie, my homie. Whenever he's on, we watch. They're favored by four and a half. They're at Tennessee. Over under 48 and a half. The Tennessee Titans are not going to have Malcolm Butler who broke his wrist. That does hurt them in this matchup. I just want to say that out there. Um, but what do you see, Mike? How do you see this one unfolding? Well, you know the drill with the Titans. When they're favored, they lose. When they're the underdogs, they win. I've gotten away from that, though. That that theory has been debunked yes. in recent weeks. Yes. And it will be definitely debunked this week. Although the Titans are good enough to beat the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs, buoyed by the last-second victory over the Vikings, they understand that the margin for error is small, given that they have three losses. The Ravens have two. The Chief, uh, the Patriots have one. And actually, the Chiefs see an opportunity, maybe, because they hold the tiebreaker with the Ravens. Yeah. Maybe there's a way for the Chiefs to rise up and get the number one seed at a time we were thinking about writing them off. I like the Chiefs to win this one by 10, 27-17. Whether it's Mahomes, whether it's Matt Moore, Andy Reid, genius. And, you know, I, I'd like to see him get a Super Bowl championship at some point during his career. I think he deserves it. He's been a great coach for the last 20 years, an underrated quarterback whisperer, the original quarterback whisperer. Everybody else wants to call himself quarterback whisperer. Andy Reid is the one, and he still does it as well as anyone. He can take any quarterback out there and get the absolute most out of him and make him look like a great player. He probably could have even done it with you, Chris. Thank you very much, you asshole. Okay. That's a compliment. Yes. No, I mean, I would have loved to, to Andy play. Reed. Uh, yeah, I would have loved to play for Andy Reid. He is the, you're right, I mean, the ultimate quarterbacks type of head coach, you know, just continues to give his quarterback confidence. Even when he plays bad, he makes excuses for his quarterback. I mean, uh, I, I love Andy Reid, and I'm with you. It's uh, I, I feel like with Andy Reid, I feel the same way like I felt with, like, John Elway when I was, like, 18 years old, where – I just wanted him to win a Super Bowl. I wanted John Elway. I felt like he deserved it. And that's how I feel with Andy Reid, too. And that's why I do root for them, let alone Patrick Mahomes. It is really fun to watch. Uh, you've heard me say it a million times lately. The Chiefs' defense has changed. I really like that aspect. That Tennessee Titans' offense, it's eh, eh. You know, I, again, I just don't know if there's anything there to be scared about. The Derrick Henry factor and them pounding the ball with him like we saw at the end of last year has not really been a factor this year. Ryan Tannehill has been better, but I don't sit there and watch this offense and just go, oh, wow, yeah, man, it's weapons galore, and they're going to throw the ball all over the place here and there. So I think the Chiefs' defense will get a beat on that Titans' offense. Uh, the other thing is, I do worry about no Balcom Butler. The Tennessee Titans like to play man-to-man -man a lot. And really, I think with Mahomes not being there and them coming out with a little bit of a different game plan on offense the last few weeks with Matt Moore, I think they're going to be able to fuse the two offenses together. Like pre-Mahomes injury, post-Mahomes injury. And I am clamoring please, Andy Reid, run some of the plays I've seen you run the last few weeks with Matt Moore at quarterback. Doesn't always have to be, you know, three and four wide receivers and the everybody get out, you know, scot-free, the back's out, the all receivers are running down the field. I really like this aspect of a little too tight end play, a little bit more of the run game, a little bit under center, 
max protect, play action, just let two or three guys go out, let Tyree Kill run a post corner post while you got seven guys protecting and let Mahomes throw the fucking thing 75 yards in the air and then have Sammy Watkins running a cross route at 25 or 30 yards. Like, I think there's a chance here where the Titans are going to have to prepare for kind of both offenses, and that's going to be tough. I'm going Chiefs, 30-20 to 20 on the road, uh, and I, I really do. I'm going to – I will see this week, but I think him being out, Mahomes I'm talking about, could come back to be a blessing in disguise for this team because it made them find some other ways to win games, and uh, I like that. So Chiefs, 30-20. to 20. You know, it really is amazing that Andy Reid and John Gruden have connections back to that Green Bay Packers coaching staff, even for a limited time, because they have such different styles dealing with quarterbacks, yeah. right? Andy, there was a clip uh, last week. You can see Andy Reid with Matt Moore, and he was very encouraging and very positive, and that's the message that comes through. With John Gruden, He try, I, I think John Gruden's idea is if I put them through hell every minute of their lives when they're not on the field – life is actually going to be easier for them when they're on the field. You're right about that. I used to say that. I used to go out in the games and go, thank God that asshole. I think I got that from you at some point. Yeah, I thank God that asshole's not 10 yards behind me yelling at me because <laughs> that's what he'd be doing all practice. I mean, I'd call a play in the huddle, Mike. You know, I might call, you know, you know, West right slot, 72Z bingo, you split, and he'd be going, hurry up, hurry up, 10, 9, 8, Sad. And he'd do all that shit. I just would be like, oh my gosh, would you shut up? I'm hurrying. Don't worry. I don't need you to yell at, you know. So I was like, when I got in the field, I was like, oh gosh, this is great. Thank you. N you know, Napoleon is not behind me yelling at me. It's so much better. Um, so I do think there's a little method to that madness for Gruden. Uh, and it doesn't always work with everybody. All right. I got a little read to do. Little NHL podcast because you know NHL is big here on NBC Sports and on NBC in general. Our line starts new podcast with all our NHL analysts. We know the Mike. They're a bunch of knuckleheads, and we I mean that in an endearing way. They're yeah, my careful, kind of guys. Careful when you use knucklehead. I it know, can be misinterpreted. I got Pat McAfee's army on me because I called him a knucklehead, which I totally meant in an endearing way as well. But in their latest episode, friend of the pod, Liam McHugh, Hits on the latest NHL news with Keith Jones and Patrick Sharp, including whether Milan Lucic, Lucic, right? I think I said that right. D deserved to get suspended for a sucker punch. And here it is right here. I mean, I don't know. That's not much of a sucker the punch. The guy was looking right at him. I mean, I don't That wasn't that. He, he approached him from, from 12 o'clock and winded up. I mean, so I don't know if that's much of a sucker punch. Um, and that's hockey, if you ask me. Also, Pierre Maguire interviews Islanders forward Matthew Barzal and a mysterious Dominic Hasek impersonator calls into the show. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Our line starts NHL podcast through NBC Sports. Check it out. Those guys are good dudes, and uh, I like Liam too. Um, How right. would you even know that this is a Dominic Hasek impersonator? Who knows what Dominic Hasek even sounds like? Didn't he like last play 20 years ago? Well, yeah, but I guess if you're a hockey fan that listens to hockey podcasts, you probably know what Dominic Hasek sounds like. I don't know. I mean, you know. I'm sure hockey fans are going like, uh, I mean, who the hell, who the hell knows what Chris Berman sounds like? Yet you do the greatest impression of him ever because we're obsessed with football. Do your, do your Chris Berman. Can you do it? Yeah, I can't. It's not. No, I it's know, not you very can't do good. It when you call for. I, no, think, it's yeah, I, I can't think it's do it very good. I think it's very good. 
I'm I, not. I'm not your trained seal. I think you're very good at it, though, and don't choke under the pressure. Um, okay, here we go. Four o'clock games. Dolphins. Well, first of all, first of all, what? can I just say this? Why in the hell is Dolphins Colts a four o'clock game? I. It's Indianapolis, I right? I, I thought I was misreading why? this too. I was like, wait, yeah. did they put this in the wrong part of the the the, the schedule here? But Dolphins at Colts. Colts favored by ten and a half. Um, over under 44, and uh, we don't know for sure if Jacoby Brissett's playing yet. So this is interesting to me. I'm picking the Colts to win the game, um, but I don't know how comfortable I feel about the points yet. So go ahead, Mike. I mean, think about it. If you're if you're in Miami, right, or Indianapolis, do you want to? I mean, I guess if you're in Indianapolis, the Colts are still alive. But if you're in Miami, do you want your your network to be cluttered up with that game? No, I want to watch the other games that are on, and maybe the other games will be available, Panthers, Packers, Rams, Steelers, but uh, it just seems odd that it would be there. I guess without that one, there would only be two, so they felt like they needed to have a third one. I like the Colts 20-17 to 17 because the Colts play down to the level of the competition. We see it almost every week. They barely beat the Broncos. They lost to the Steelers. This is a game they should win. This is a game they will win, but not by very many points because, look, the Dolphins are better than their record suggests. They have some confidence. They've got some momentum after beating the Jets. And it could be Brian Hoyer, even if it's Jacoby Brissett. I think that the Dolphins are good enough to keep it close. And I think the Colts are bad enough to keep it close. I, I, I mean, I agree with you in a lot of ways there. Um, I do think the Colts win the game. I think the Colts run game will be the biggest difference against the Miami Dolphins. But the Dolphins had played better football. Ryan Fitzpatrick's been doing some good things. Uh, you know, I still look at Brian Flores and what they do on defense. And uh, other than that stupid all-out blitz against the Pittsburgh Steelers in the end of the first half, they're pretty well coached and do a lot of good things. I think Chad O'Shea, the offensive coordinator, has kind of found his rhythm as a play caller to a degree to where, yeah, I think they're a pain in the ass for the Colts for a little while and hang around. But ultimately, they're just not as good as the Colts. They're not. They don't have as many playmakers. They're not as good as up front on the on either side of the ball. Uh, and I'm going Colts 27 to 17 for kind of like a eh, walk in the park type of win where it's not that impressive, but they clearly win the game. Uh, whether it's Hoyer or Brissett. Uh, I think my score will be somewhere around there. I think the game changes a little bit at Hoyer where maybe they rely on the run game a little bit more to win it. If Brissett's in there, they try to rely on the pass just a little bit more. But either way, I see the Colts winning. And, uh, you know, oddly enough, they're not going to be covering in my one. So uh, 27-17. Anything else you want to add about that doozy? Yeah, I don't have the Colts covering either. I I, I think that uh, – yeah. I think that it's a trap. Ten and a half is definitely a trap. I just I can't imagine them winning by more than a touchdown. I, I they that's not the way they roll, especially without T. Y. Helton, possibly without Jacoby Brissett. They win, but it's going to be close. Yeah, that's it. All right, now one of the best games of the day: Panthers Packers. Panthers going to Lambeau Field, the frozen tundra. Packers favored by five and a half off of the literally earth. frozen on November six. So right. much for global warming. Fuck you. You know it's real. Don't start that shit. All right. I mean, we know, we know, literally, like, we know. Like, it's not even a debate anymore, okay? 11,000 scientists have said so. I need 12,000 before I'm oh, going to believe Oh, okay, it. right. I know. I mean, for anybody that says global warming's a hoax at this point, it'd be like you and I having Bill Belichick coming in here and being like, <laughs> I don't really believe you with your football knowledge. I'm just, 
you might be a hoax. I mean, that's how, like, one-sided the argument and evidence shows. But anyways, Panthers at Packers. Packers at home, five and a half. They looked like shit last week. The Panthers played really well after their shitty performance against the 49ers two weeks ago. They won a game against the Tennessee Titans uh, over under at 46 and a half. What do you think, Mike? You're really swearing a lot today. I am. I just feel like I'm on a roll. I'm and, going out with a and bang. Poor, and poor, poor Kristen has to has to be the one to bleep all of these. Yeah, well, she's used to it by now. I'm sorry, Kristen. I do feel bad for her, but not bad enough to stop me from swearing. All right. I like the Packers in this one. I, I think that the worst thing that could have happened to the Panthers last week yeah. was the Chargers kicking the shit out of the Packers. Right. Because the Packers are going to be ready now. And I think anybody who walks into Lambeau Field this weekend, frozen or unfrozen tundra, is going to lose. I've got Packers 28-14 to 14 in this one. They're going to rediscover the magic offensively that they had going all year long. Even if Devontae Adams can't play again, he said he's still not there yet. Look, if there's any doubt, just don't play him. You don't need him. The offense is fine without him. And I think Aaron Rodgers, the offensive line led by David Bakatiari will be in position. Is a Bakatiari? Is he related to, to you, Michael Florio? Is this, to, this is a cousin? To, uh, who is this? Defend, defend off the Panthers' uh, defense, and I like the Packers twenty-eight fourteen. Okay, um, I like the Packers too. I think it's going to be higher scoring though. I, I don't love either one of these defenses. I worry about the Packers' defense in this game a little bit. You know, the Packers' defense. You know, this this Panthers' offense. They have two things going for them. I mean, we know they could run the ball with Christian McCaffrey. And then Norv Turner, he's very creative in the things he does on a week-to-week basis. And, you know, you've heard me say the Packers like to play man-to-man, maybe a little too much. DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel are a handful in the pass game. I mean, they're explosive. And they can beat just about anybody in football if you give them too many one-on-one opportunities. Uh, So that scares me a little bit for the Packers. But on the flip side of that with the Panthers, you know, the Panthers have shown that you can run the ball on them. And that's scary when you play the Packers because the Packers, again, okay, a little success running the ball. And then we know, oh, Aaron Rodgers will tear you up off of that. I don't know what they did last week. Their offensive game plan by Green Bay last week was very uninspiring. They kind of got away from what got them to 7-1. and one. And I don't know what it was exactly. They kind of played right into the hands of the, of the, uh, the Chargers. But – I do think they get back on track. I'm going high scoring on this, Mike. I think that I'm going to pick the Packers 30 to 28 in this one. I think this is a close game. I think it's very exciting. Uh, but ultimately, I do think Aaron Rodgers at home will be too much for the Panthers to overcome. Yet again, picking the favorite to win straight up, but picking the underdog to cover. Gutsy move. And uh, I, I disagree, but uh, we'll see. And, and you, you got a couple over-unders you could choose from as your best bets. You're right. Week, you're not I'm doing very here, well picking teams. Yeah. Maybe you go over-under instead. Well, yeah, yes, I know. We'll see. I mean, uh, I know. I'm, I'm actually I'm writing some of these down because, I'm I, you know, of course, I'm just seeing some of these over-under lines as we go, and I'm going, whoa, okay, they might be part of my best bets. All right. Now, Rams-Steelers, another, I mean, another awesome game. I'm, I'm pumped to watch this one. Rams off the bye week, three and a half point favorites at the Pittsburgh Steelers, over under 43 and a half. Steelers fighting for their life, really have turned the corner, been playing better football. Rams have become like the unfor- the forgotten team in the NFL, which is crazy to me. Uh, but I-, I still think I'd say watch out for the Rams here down the stretch. 
How do you think this one goes, Mike? Well, I'll tell you what. I, I liked the Steelers last week against the Colts at home, and they probably shouldn't have won the game, but there's just something about the Steelers at home and what they have going now. Mike Tomlin called it the stench of September. That's now gone from 0-3 to 4-1. They're now 4-4. Four four. The weather is favorable for the Rams. No rain, high of 51 on on uh, on Sunday, you know we have to factor that in with Jared yeah. Goff because yep. you get him out in the cold and he and he uh, he turtles a little bit. Yes, he does. But uh, but but and who knows? It may be in the forties at game time. I haven't seen anything about the wind here, but uh, you know it it's. I, I just like the Steelers. I don't need to use the weather as my shield for this pick. I like the Steelers in this one, even though they are three and a half point underdogs. The Steelers have something special going on, even with Mason Rudolph at quarterback. James Conner practiced yesterday on a limited basis with that shoulder injury. But even without it, there's just it's the black and the gold, and they will find a way. And I feel like they are in that special zone that teams get in sometimes where they just find a way. And I see it lasting at least through the second Browns game, week 13. And what a stretch that's coming up for the Steelers. They've got the Rams, then they've got the Browns twice in three weeks, and uh, I think they're going to. I think they're going to pull it off. They're going to continue to pull a rabbit out of the hat, or their ass, or somewhere in between. I like the Steelers to win this one wow. by a score of twenty-four to twenty. Wow! Whoa, cowboy! Whoa, cowboy! I, I'm 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 shocked. Um, yeah, I just don't have faith in the Steelers' offense yet. I think that's where it really comes down to me. I think the Rams' toughness as a team is always underrated because we look at them from L.A. and it's McVay and he's handsome and it's Jared Goff and he's kind of country clubbish, okay? But they are a gritty team. They are battle-tested. And I, I just think the Rams are probably feeling the fact that nobody is giving them a chance or talking about them. I think they're the type of team that will play with an edge, play with a chip, uh, two weeks to prepare for a Steelers offense that's not nothing special. I, I just can't sit here and think that the Steelers are going to run the ball all that successfully against the Rams in that front. You know, it is a good front. Uh, you don't have to worry about anything special in the pass game from the Steelers. You know, it's a dink and dunk offense. It really is. They want to throw it four and five yards at a time with Mason Rudolph. And then when you get so absurdly aggressive, they'll take maybe a shot or two here and there. Um, so I look at that. And then the Rams offense, I'm a little worried, I'll say this, about their interior part of their offensive line. Yeah, I probably say this every week about them, but it really holds true against the Steelers who have a really good front seven. But I think because of the two weeks, McVay will have enough of a game plan to neutralize the aggressiveness of that front seven from the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm going Rams 24-13. to 13. I think they win this game. I'm not going to say, like, I think this, the game will probably be closer than what I'm saying. Like, I think it'll be a, you know, 17-13 Rams lead, and they put it away with a late touchdown to kind of win the game that way. Uh, but I do like the Rams, no doubt about it, and uh, I'm going with them. You, you, want, to, you want to hear something that yeah. is completely irrelevant but fascinating to me? Yeah. The series between the Rams and the Steelers, which actually began in 1938 when it was the Cleveland Rams taking on the Pittsburgh Pirates. Okay, that's how far back these franchises go. Right. From 1938 through 1978, the Steelers were 1-12-2 against the Rams. 
since 1979 when they met in Super Bowl 14. Right. The Steelers are 7 and 2, make that 8 and 2 against the actually make that 8 and 3, still good against the Rams franchise. I'm just fascinated by that. Yeah, the Steelers won funny. 3 in a row, right. dating back to 2003. That was the uh, the last uh, vestige of the greatest show-offs on turf that came into Pittsburgh and won 33 to 21. But regardless, I like the Steelers in this one. And I didn't realize the history. But yeah, at one point it was Cleveland-Pittsburgh. And it was the Pittsburgh Pirates for the first few years. Then it became the Steelers and the Rams. And the Rams were still in Cleveland. Uh, and the Rams obviously moved by the mid-40s to L.A. And then they moved to St. Louis. And then they're back in L.A. But I, I just think this is a neat game. It and I like that game. it's at 4.25 p.m. Eastern. I do, too. And, and that's the other thing, too. Hey, it's later in the day. Whatever the high is, it's going to be cooling off. It definitely right? is. I was going to say I'm that. Back to the, I'm, yeah, I'm getting back to the country club golf mindset here. That it may get a little on. And it, and it may be 48 in Pittsburgh at the airport. But it'll be 43 at the three rivers and right. the wind will be whipping. Right. I, I like the Steelers, baby. I'm, I'm excited to watch the game too, though. I really am. Uh, I, it, this is a good one. And really, I, I don't know. I think we would both agree that whoever loses this game is in deep, deep trouble as far as the playoffs are concerned. Uh, you know, you, you're going to have to go on some big time run here down the stretch to pull it off. All right, let's go to Sunday night. Bump winds ball. gusting, winds gusting up to 23 miles an hour during the game. Wow. So yeah, that's uh, that's not on good. that and where they gust is on that river, baby. Yeah. I've been in that stadium and it is miserable on a cold day. It definitely is. I've been there on a cold day as well. Um, all right, let's go Sunday night football. Our game, uh, awesome matchup. Maybe the game of the week. The purple people eaters. Mike Florio going to be so vested and rooting for his team. The Vikings at the Cowboys. Vikings lose a heartbreaker. Cowboys win kind of an ugly game against the Giants. Cowboys favored by three over and under 48. What is Mike Florio going to do with his favorite team and his Kirk Cousins tattoo? As I told Paul Allen of KFAN and the voice of the Vikings on Tuesday, um, you watch Rocky two over and over and over again. The ending is always the same. Now, that's exactly what the Vikings are with Kirk Cousins at quarterback in prime time. It's always going to end the same way. And the Vikings are Apollo Creed. And I don't know how, I don't know when, I don't know where, but there will be a moment when Kirk Cousins will need to make a big throw in a big spot. And he is so damn aware. That's his biggest flaw. I agree Contrast with you, Mike. him with Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Lamar Jackson is unaffected by the stakes of the game, by whether it's at night, whether it's at daytime, whether it's, you know. Yeah, he just goes and plays. Yeah, he just goes and plays. That's right. He doesn't care. Yeah. He doesn't care. He goes and plays. Kirk Cousins is incapable of ignoring the stakes and ignoring the platform. And he knows all the haters are going to be watching. And everybody's going to be scrutinizing everything he does. And it feels like a bigger deal. And it's going to be harder for him to perform in that setting. Uh, Case in point, right? We do this show. We do this podcast. We can do whatever the hell we want. We screw up. No big deal. You just keep moving. But Sunday night football, right? Prime time there. And we know in that last half hour, a lot of people are watching. It starts to mess with you a little bit. Yeah, sure. Doesn't it? Sure. You know, you know, you got to be on your game a little bit more. And when you do, you feel a hell of a lot better when you deliver a couple of sentences flawlessly than when we do it here. Because here, who the fuck cares? Yes. There, it's a bigger deal. And it's kind of the same thing. But the problem is, Kirk can't perform 
in those spots. And we've seen it over and over again. Cowboys 27, Vikings 17. And at some point, Kirk Cousins will either make a big mistake or they won't trust him to potentially make that big mistake like third and 13 when the Vikings were up 23-20 and they dial up a draw play instead of letting him throw it down the field and maybe get a confidence-building 15-yard gain and ice the game in the process. I, I just I, I know what's going to happen. I don't know why I want to watch the game. I, I know what's going to happen. Cowboys are going to win. Vikings are going to lose. And then they're going to have to scratch and claw to try to get the five seed or the six seed. And maybe they won't even get that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so that's it. I've exhausted myself talking about it. Yeah, but I know you have because you're emotionally invested in your Vikings. I get that. And you should I'm not be. emotionally invested because I know what's going to happen. Yeah. I know what's going to happen. It doesn't matter. You're still going to root for them and hope that they win. I know you will. I know you will. I know you will. Okay. And we're going to have so much fun on Monday morning on PFT, too. I mean, either way, it's going to be so much fun. If the Vikings lose, I'll get to hear you make the whole spiel about Kirk Cousins. If they win... Oh my gosh, it's going to be even more fun because we're going to be able Should to I talk. pack the Cousins jersey? Yeah. Kirk Cousins will have to have one in prime time in a big moment. And I'm going to be able to play that against you the whole morning. It's going to be a blast of a show either way. Win-win I'll, for Chris Sims. I'll uh, pack the Kirk Cousins jersey. Please and do. If they if they win Sunday night, I'll wear that stupid jersey on set with you for the show. Find a hoodie or something to wear underneath it, okay? Don't wear a button-up shirt underneath listen, the jersey. Listen, listen, you're the last person to be telling anyone how to dress with the fucking top button that's always buttoned, and there's no variation. I mean, we were in the makeup room a couple of weeks ago, and this guy walks in, and he's got his top button unbuttoned, and it's like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> oh, it's Chris. I hadn't tied I my tie yet. Yeah. Your top button is buttoned so often that all you have to do is unbutton it, and I don't know who you are. <laughs> all right. It's good branding. That's how good I am. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. It, it, first off, intriguing matchup. You know, both teams want to run the football. Both teams run a similar defensive style. Uh, Adam Thielen not being able to play. I do think it hurts the Vikings a lot. I mean, the Vikings, as we've talked about so much, they want to run the ball. They want to run bootlegs. And then when they get the right one-on-one matchups on the outside, they'll take some aggressive shots down the field. Well, when it's only digs, you know, that, that hurts their chances there. And, you know, maybe the Cowboys do double him from time to time. I would. I'd be like, man, that's the one guy in the pass game in an obvious passing situation that can hurt us. Why wouldn't you do that? But you never know with the Cowboys. They're stubborn like Minnesota. They don't really change up what they do on the defensive side of the ball. But I think ultimately where I look at the game and go it's very even, I just look at the advantage to the Cowboys more than anything, in my opinion, would be that their pass game, their drop back pass game is diverse. And they are pretty creative. And even though – and Amari Cooper, uh, he's an awesome route runner. You heard me say this earlier on the show today. You know, the Vikings are going to have their hands full because they're not particularly big front seven. And I think Mike Zimmer's going to know that. So the run game's going to scare him. And that's going to lead to some one-on-one matchups on the outside that I just don't think favor the Minnesota Vikings there. I think Amari Cooper will have a field day against Xavier Rhodes or Trey Waynes. It doesn't matter – And the rest of the receiving core in Dallas is not bad either. So uh, that's ultimately why I picked them. I'm going Cowboys 27 to 20 to win the game at home. And that's that. 
I uh, yeah I look I uh, Kirk Cousins is six and thirteen in prime time now by virtue of the win two weeks ago against Washington, which was not by any means a blowout, and it was closer than it should have been. Although he played well in that game, and they've got Chris after this one, they've got a Monday night game against the Seahawks, Woo. a Sunday night game against the Chargers, Woo. and a Monday night game December twenty three against the Green Bay Packers, which I think will be. Win and keep your playoff hopes alive. Lose and you're done. And uh, my, my my son wants to go to that game, and it's like you really don't want to put yourself through that two days before Christmas. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I hear that. Uh, yeah, this is a very important stretch for the Minnesota Vikings. And, I mean, to your point, in all honesty and seriousness, I don't think any of us are going to take the Vikings serious until they win one of these games. Like, you're right. I mean, they're just, they don't ever seem to win them. Even if they get in the playoffs, it'll be like, oh, okay, great. They got in the playoffs. I mean, I don't think any of us are going to take them for real until they show that they can win some of these tough, nitty-gritty games on the road, which will give us confidence that, oh, they can win a tough, nitty-gritty game on the road in the playoffs. And uh, right now they really have not – they don't give me any confidence as far as that conversation and, is concerned. And, and Chris, Chris, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy – because they're aware of it, right? Yes, right. So so it, it makes it harder to get that first one. It's the analogy I use from time to time of the little brother beating the big brother in ping pong. Until you beat the big brother once, it gets harder and harder to do it because that history of getting your ass kicked continues to creep back into your brain. Yep. And and I, I, I said this uh, on Paul Allen's show, and I, I'm, I'm – I'm serious about it. Kirk Cousins needs to go find himself a sports psychologist who can talk him through not being so freaked out in those moments when it's a primetime game and it's an opportunity and you're too conscious of that instead of just focusing on what it is you need to do like you do when it's the Eagles or the Giants or the Lions or Washington. You got to deliver it the same way when it's the Chiefs. And and look, because everybody else in the division lost last week, everything is still there for the Vikings. Yeah. This is still an opportunity, but I again, I know I know I know how the movie ends. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll split screen. Vikings-Cowboys, Rocky 2, and just as Rocky's getting up off the mat to win, that's when the Cowboys will be celebrating their victory and Jerry Jones will be high-fiving and fist-pumping and all the other stuff that he does when he gets a victory. You're hilarious. All right, here we go. Uh, another awesome matchup here. Awesome matchup. Seahawks at 49ers. 49ers. All right, favored by six at home, over and under 47. They played on Thursday night, of course, have a little extra time. Seahawks came off that overtime win against the Bucks. How about this, Mike? Underdogs are one and nine straight up on Sunday night football this season. Oakland, Monday night football, sorry, I said Sunday night. Monday night football this season. Oakland was the only week, week one was the only win of the year. So that's a little interesting uh, tidbit. But either way, Seahawks, 49ers, class of the NFC there, two teams that we both look at as being dangerous. Um, I'm excited for this one. This is the best, I think, Monday night football game we've had all year, and I get to watch my buddy Kyle Shanahan and the 49er attack. What do you think is going to happen? Well, I've been on Seattle all year long, and they keep bailing me out. And even though last week it took – a last-minute missed field goal to keep the Seahawks from winning bastard. and not covering. You lucky And then the touchdown in overtime. That killed me. <laughs> He'll make the uh, freaking field goal. Jeez. That was great. It was such a weird feeling. Like, I I want – you know, we picked Seattle to win. Yeah. Both of us did, right? right? 
So, yeah, okay, make the field goal. No, don't make the field goal because there's still a chance to cover the five and a half points, and it played out perfectly when the Seahawks got the touchdown in overtime. I, I think the Seahawks are w- going to win this game straight up. I really do. And I, I, it's time. The 49ers aren't going to run the table. They're going to lose at some point. they got some tough games coming up, and we'll hear all the bullshit on the back end about how, oh, it's a good thing that we lost. It's never a good thing to lose, but you have to find a way to make it a positive so you can move forward. I, I just think it's time. And, and the Seahawks know this team very well. And uh, I, I, Russell Wilson, prime time. He's going to step up in a big spot. They know the stadium. They're not going to be intimidated. I think they've been anxious for this chance to show that they can compete with the 49ers. This is their first chance to play them. They play them again in Seattle later this year. I love this game. I think it's going to be a great Monday night game. Yep. And I like the Seahawks to win the game. And I like the Seahawks to, to win the game with one of those scores that makes us say, Hmm, what about these 49ers? I think it's going to be 23 to 13 Seattle over San Francisco. Wow. 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 I'm going to whoop your ass in these picks this week. I could just feel it. I I'm excited. Man, no way am I going with the Seahawks in this one. Not with that defense this year. Not against this 49ers offense. They can't catch Russell Wilson. Yeah, well yeah, right they can. Have you seen this front four? I mean, Nick Bosa you know, him, D Ford, the rest of that crew, I do think they can. I do. I think they can give this Seahawks offense a tough time in all facets. Uh, there's too much on Russell Wilson's shoulder to make it all happen anyways. And this is not the kind of team I think he can take over against. Also, Kyle Shanahan has shown when he has an offense that's physically able to match up with the Seahawks, he knows how to fuck this Pete Carroll defense up. He did it in Atlanta. You know, he's always given Pete Carroll some issues uh, as far as that's concerned. And I think he's going to give them issues this week. I think they win this game 31-21. to 21. I still think the 49ers are special. The 49ers are going to lose at some point. I get that. But I don't think the Seahawks are the team this year to do that. I still worry about the Seahawks defense, as we're seeing. I mean, last week... The Bucs went up and down the field. A lot of teams are going up and down the field on the Seahawks all year. And now you got to play a 49ers team where you really have to worry about stopping the run. And the Seahawks can't play pass defense. And Joe Staley's back on the offensive line. And I just don't think it's a good matchup for the Seahawks. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. But I think the 49ers are a class above the Seahawks here. And I'm going 31-21 49ers. All right. Well, I I just there's something about the Seahawks. Yeah. There's no, something about this matchup. There's something about this. Yeah. And 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 you know, again, it's one night. It's one night. And and I feel like it's fallen the 49ers way so many times this year. It's just time for it to not fall their way. I, I this is not a team that's going to go undefeated. The loss is going to come at some point. I'm probably going to pick them to lose every week until they do lose because at some point they have to. I hope they just go ahead and lose this week so I can go back to picking them to win because one of the things we learned this year, you don't pick against the San Francisco 49ers because they will kick your ass if they do. We disagree on five games this week, Chris, which means I currently lead you by two. I'm going to lead you by seven by the time we do this next Thursday. Yeah, right. Don't you worry. Uh, We'll see about that, slugger. Okay? Now, it's the... My other favorite part here, the best bets part, okay? And I got a lot of things written down here today. I mean, because there are some over-unders that really jump out to me, and I'm just going to talk about them real quick, all right? Just not that I'm picking them yet, but just for the, the people listening. The under tonight jumps out to me. I, I just don't imagine either team scoring a ton of points in this football game. Uh, 
The over in the Bucks, the Bucks Cardinals game. That's another one. I mean, it's at 52. And it's one of those, like to your theory, where, yeah, 52 is the highest over under of the weekend. But I, I would ride that wave. I really would. That one's like very interesting to me. I also like the over in the Giants-Jets game, but it scares me a little bit when you have rookie quarterbacks and teams that are not good. I always get scared that way as well. But I just wanted to throw those out there. I might pick one of them, but I'm not sure yet. So let's start it off. Best bet number one for Michael James Florio. I'm going back to my theory that these spreads often aren't as big as they need to be. And although I have some concern that the Cincinnati Bengals could upset a Ravens team that, number one, is feeling very satisfied with itself after winning by 14 in Seattle and beating the Patriots by 17. And number two, the Ravens have some tough matchups on the immediate horizon. Teams like the Texans, the Rams, the 49ers, etc. I still like the Ravens to win this one, and I like them to win it big enough to cover the 9.5-point spread. I don't think the spread reflects the difference between these two teams. Ryan Finley is the starting quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals. Lamar Jackson is the starting quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens. That alone is enough to get me to say the Ravens win by more than nine and a half points. Man, I'm really on the fence with that one. I I really am. I I don't know what to do. I'm not even going to go there yet. I don't know if I'm going to go there yet. Okay, I'm going to do this for the first time this year. My first best bet of the week is go- I'm going with the over on the Bucks and Cardinals, all right? We're allowing that. You're okay with that, right? I'm fine with that. Okay. I'm fine with anything that you're going to get wrong. Okay. Well, I'm going with the over in the Cardinals-Bucks game. The over-under is at 52. I'm going Bucks 34-31, which, of course, is 65 points. Uh, I like that one. I do. I think it's two aggressive offenses versus two secondaries that are not very good. And I think we're going to see points galore in that one. So that's my first bet of the week. Okay. Bet number two, Florio. Where are you going? Well, you know, they let me down last week. I'm going to give your guy Aaron Rodgers a chance to redeem himself. I had the Packers as one of my best bets last week, and they failed miserably. This week with the Panthers coming to town and the Packers pissed off about what transpired in L.A., I like Aaron Rodgers to get everybody on the same page, everybody pointed in the right direction, and I like the Packers to beat the Panthers by more than five and a half points. Again, Kyle Allen, all due respect, versus Aaron Rodgers. There's your five and a half right there. I like the Packers to cover. I like the Packers to win. Uh, I just worry about the Packers defense, and that's what scares me in that as far as the bet is concerned. Now, my second bet, I'm going to the the place close to you. I'm taking the Rams. I am. Uh, The Rams, three and a half point favorites. I think they're going to win by 11. I got them winning 24 to 13. I don't have any faith in the Steelers offense. I think they were lucky to win last week. I think they were outplayed by by the Dolphins for two and a half quarters and really were kind of fortunate there in a lot of ways. And I think this Rams team is going to be chomping at the bit. Jalen Ramsey on the defensive side of the ball and everything like that, where I think that's kind of an ugly game but they eventually pull away and I'm going to ride with the Rams in the bye week. And that Sean McVay has got a few wrinkles up his sleeve and has that team ready to go in Pittsburgh. I'm going to do it. Even though Jared Goff in the cold weather does scare me a little bit. I'm not going to lie. I'm still going to go true to my heart here and pick the Rams. 
Yeah, I, I tell you, I'm the more I, I look at are. that weather I forecast, know. the more I, I think about it, I, I believe in the Steelers. So I will be rooting for Pittsburgh aggressively. Sorry, Rams fans, but we just want to be right. We don't care about which team it is. We just want to be right, which leads to my final pick of the week, Chris, because, look, I'm betting with my brain, baby. The Dallas Cowboys giving the Vikings three points. I think the Dallas Cowboys are going to win by more than three, at least by seven. I've got them winning the game, I think, by seven or by ten points. Either way, more than three. The Vikings are going to do what the Vikings always do in primetime, especially with Kirk Cousins at quarterback, hyper-aware of the stakes and a big mistake at a bad spot and a failure to take advantage of whatever opening may be there to win the game. Dak Prescott, much cooler under fire. Ezekiel Elliott, every bit as good as Dalvin Cook and getting better and better each week. I think that the Cowboys are going to win the game. I think they're the better team right now. And I'm going to cash my ticket. Cowboys minus three. Give me that one. Yeah, I'm not mad at you there. I mean, that's an emotional hedge. That's for sure. I know that. I know that. But I don't think you're crazy there. I don't. I don't. You know, I guess what scares me a little from picking this is just the Cowboys' inconsistency a little scares me. Uh, But your logic makes a lot of sense. I'm really torn here. You know, I'm really going like I'm thinking about the 49ers, but I do worry about just like you said, Russell Wilson – And if there's a weakness to the 49ers, you've heard me say this, I do think it's Richard Sherman on the outside. And I do think the Seahawks would get great enjoyment out of picking on Richard Sherman with their receivers and and Russell Wilson out there. So I'm scared to go there. I am just, I'm just, I'm, I'm the Ravens thoughts. I'm very with you on the Ravens. I guess what scares me about the Ravens is the Bengals have a pretty good secondary. They might load the box. The Ravens normally are not the type of team that blows people out. And I get scared of that aspect a little bit. And then the Chiefs and Titans is the other one that I look at. Because I do think that the Chiefs, with, with Mahomes back, is going to energize them. Their defense has been playing better. <sighs> I'm going to go with the Chiefs. I am. I'm going Chiefs. I, I picked them to win 30-20. to 20. I just think their defense, like you've heard me say a million times the last three weeks, has been much, much better. I think they will slow down this Titans attack. And I'm hoping that Andy Reid kind of fuses the Matt Moore-Mahomes attack together and Mahomes makes some big plays during this game regardless. So I'm going the Chiefs as my third best bet of the week. Yeah, that's a gutsy move because you never know what's going to happen with the Tennessee Titans. The Titans, Titans are crazy. And, I know. You're exactly right. They're scary. I mean, they they really are, but uh I I don't know. That that they don't scare me as much this year as they had the last two years. And I don't know. Like I said, I think the Chiefs have a little bit more toughness than years past. And uh, I kind of like the direction they're headed in right now. So there you have it. There's the best bets of the week. Florio's got Baltimore. Florio's got O'Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Florio's got the Dallas Cowboys. And then Sims is going over in the Cardinals-Bucks game of 52 points. I'm going with the Los Angeles Rams on the road to cover the three-and-a-half-point spread against the Steelers, and I'm going with Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs to win by more than four-and-a-half on the road at Tennessee. Uh, that's it. Mike, you the man. Make sure you pack your Kirk Cousins jersey, okay, just in case they win. 
Uh, and it's even going to be even better. Man, I don't even know. I'm, I feel like I might be rooting for the Vikings now because it's the best bet of yours, and you'll have to wear the jersey. And it just seems like such good TV for Monday morning that I, I don't really want to root for the Vikings, but I might just for the, the Florio factor. Now, I, I will, d- does, I've got the Vikings Salute the Service hoodie, so I'll wear that under the Cousins jersey. I like that. that is that acceptable That's for you? right. And don't you worry. I'll bring the um, Watch out. It's moose Skull. season. School. <laughs> All right. You're the man, Mike. All I'll, right, uh, I'll see you Sunday. Subscribe, rate, review. Uh, Monday, we'll do. I will do the Week 10 recap with Ahmed. I know Mike will do the PFT PM podcast some some point Monday Friday, afternoon, Friday, Friday all whatever. All your questions answered. All Friday. your questions answered. You heard Mike. Uh, all right, dude. Have a good few days. I'll see you Sunday morning. Peace all out right. to everybody out there. Have a good weekend.